nothing. We are not subject to Murphy's Law. Uh, midnight under analysis. Midnight under analysis. <laughs> <laughs> Undercooked marinara. My favorite show and yours. Here we are, a week later, uh, and we're going to talk about more poke pasta and haunted mons. Yes. Here on Midcooked Marin Analysis. <laughs> <laughs> Here on Alan Shaney's Jackoff. I I'm David. We 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 are enthused. We should be everyone's, more. Everyone's done a great job keeping their energy up after the break. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> we we should be. You know, it's probably all of that uh, Thanksgiving food. Like you know, I yes. ate a, we I ate a metric ton of turkey. I ate a man. <laughs> I hope. Can you tell me which man you ate, or is that confidential? Uh, I mean, you know. If you don't, if you don't hear from Smeg, yeah, anytime soon, you'll know what happened. Okay, because I was wondering if it was either going to be Smeg or Demarcus. Man, that's a whole lot of mail. <laughs> <laughs> American males, American males, American males, American males, American males, American males. American males. Well, Music. we got the Ameri- we got the American males theme in the show. <laughs> so uh, I think it's mandatory that we, uh, much like the Donkey Kong Country cartoon, we have a musical segment in every undercooked analysis episode from here on in. So, <clears throat> thank you for that. And now with that out of the way, let's. Uh, and we have up- a char- and that we have a character named Dixie. We regularly refer to as Dix. <laughs> I'm looking for my pet crab, Dix. <laughs> so anyway, I'm David. That's Alan, and Dead Pilot's hey, over there somewhere. Hey, uh, what? Hi, everybody. Hi. Let's uh, let's let's jump right into it. What okay. is what is our number two creepy pasta poke poke pasta? Our creepy poke. Oh man. <laughs> Got it. Uh, this creepy pasta was written by Buff Bagwell. Buff Bagwell. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, also known as one half of the American males. No, this story was written by the Lollet, the who Lollet. also wrote The Road. And if you want to see that story, hear that story, same difference, uh, you can go to my channel and I have an episode of a show I do called Dead Serious, and you can listen to me critique his story there. But this story has come in second place. And it is entitled, Beware the Surf. Beware the Surf. Just to recap real quick, in case you didn't listen last week, we had two other stories make make the uh, make the cut. The Ashcan uh, Award of Honorary Significance went to a sealed copy of Pokemon Blue, thereby winning Dead Palette's respect, which is all that matters to some people. Mostly Dead which Palette. All that, that's the only thing I respect, is the stuff that I respect. I understand that. And then uh, the third place winner was uh, It's All About You, and that was by Skill Flea. Uh, here's our, and so we'll be moving into Lollet's uh, number two entry, Beware the Surf. Um, who wants to start this one? Start this one. Back in 1988, 
I was in fifth grade. <laughs> and my school was hit by what could only be described as Pokemania. Honestly, it didn't surprise me at all, considering how little happened in a, the small Illinois countryside I lived in at the time. I was swept up in the rest of the kids in this sort of Pokemon fever. I collected the cards and watched the anime, but I was never able to play the original Game Boy games. My friend George had Red Virgin. Virgin. Jesus, what kind of Freudian slip was that, Brandon? That was uh, that was an illiterate slip, and uh, I'm sending Mr. Illiterate over to give you a shoulder massage, a sensual one. And he, maybe with some release since Red Virgin, and he <laughs> let me uh, watch him play every day at recess. Whenever I asked him if I could play, he told me it only had one save file, and that uh, if I started a new game, I'd erase all of his progress. That is a very real scenario that could happen. Mm-hmm. I, um, I know that it was always... Um a point of contention with people, and a very good tactic on Pokemon's part to get people to buy the game, so you couldn't just share it with your friends. There was one save, and if you erased it, all your progress was gone. And they still do that to this day. It's, uh, it's devious. Hello, I am Mr. Illiterate. I'm here to give you a dry, tugging hand job. <laughs> the specifics of what I do become very confused. <laughs> Mr. Illiterate, thank God you're here. Go, go, go help Dead Palette out. I remember begging my mom for a Game right. Boy Color and Pokemon Blue so that I could trade with George, but the answer was always the same. Maybe you'll get it for your birthday. It was like that for a whole year until my birthday finally rolled around. When I opened my presents, I had this feeling in my stomach that what my mom had promised me wouldn't be in any of the brightly wrapped boxes. And I was right. That's twice now I got ready to start reading. Wahaha. <laughs> well, now the floor is yours, Alan. Pokemon slowly put... <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, bait and switch. <clears throat> Pokemon, Pokemon slowly... slowly... <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a Coke. There is going to be a fight. Alan, unjinx. Okay. You know... That's one of the few laws in this world I respect. <laughs> it's the law... It's a, Someone's got to uphold that law. The lawlet. The lawlet. <laughs> Pokemon slowly got pushed out of the limelight by other fads from Japan. I still watch the anime from time to time, but I gave up on the card game a few months after my birthday after trying to learn the rules to properly play. Me too. However, I still wanted to play the games, if only to say that I had. My chance would finally come after a couple of years when my mom placed a small box wrapped in red and blue polka-dotted paper in front of me. I smiled up at her, asking her what the present was for. Let's just call it a late birthday present, sweetie, she said. And it took me a few seconds to fully understand what she meant. When it finally hit me, I tore in, uh, to, mm, bah, Ah. I tore the paper off the box like it was full of jewels. As I pulled the lid off the gift, I saw 
a Game Boy Advance with a copy of Pokemon Gold version. Oh man, I can relate. Uh, Pokemon Gold <coughs> was my is still to this day like my favorite Pokemon game. I mean, the mechanics got better in the later games, but Gold was the one that I was like really excited about when it came out, and uh, I still have it. It doesn't work because it suffers from the same you know watch battery. You can't save your game. You can't adjust the time feature, but I still have it. I still have the cartridge. Uh, some gaming stores will place those for you. Well, I'll have to look around and see if I can find one, because that would be sweet. I would love to play it again. I know it's not exactly what you wanted, my mom said as she took a seat next to me, but I figured you'd find, want the new version. I hadn't even realized that Gold and Silver had come out, and the new Pokemon in the show had been written off in my mind as ones that only existed in the cartoon, like Togepi. My mom laughed as I snatched up the clear plastic game, GBA and Pokemon cartridge and quickly ran up to my room. Oh, remember those clear plastic GBAs? Those were the shit. So, no, I have, the, I, have, I have one of them. This is something that's really underutilized in these creepypastas about Pokemon. Pokemon, you gotta realize a lot of people who play Pokemon were kids. And kids are know-it-alls that are full of shit. <laughs> and so they just make up stuff like... Oh, these are just the, the Pokemon that are in the cartoon. <laughs> and that's how a bunch of misinformation got spread about Pokemon, along with other shit like missing note. Like, Pokemon just had so much goddamn misinformation about it. And so bringing oh, yeah. in that misinformation really <laughs> helps the story along. Oh, yeah. Yep. Were, were, you, were you guys ever lied to as kids about Pokemon cards? Like, about, like, oh, see this? This is shiny and represents a god Pokemon, and it's actually just like a Japanese uh, like sticker thing that you like peel off. I never. Oh, oh yeah, Kid, kids tried the sticker thing on me a couple they, times. They did on me too, but I remember people that that was the kind of stuff that went around. Or like before the first Pokemon movie came out, people were saying, "Oh yeah, Pikachu evolves into Pika Blue in the movie." <laughs> See, I never followed for any of that shit. I I don't know. Maybe it was just me being a little skeptic that I was, but I, I never fell for that shit. I never traded my cards away. The stupidest thing that I, the stupidest thing I ever did was bought an Abra for like four bucks. I think. Oh yeah, <laughs> which explains uh, you know a certain story you wrote <coughs> in part. Um. Yes. Actually, did a little trading, right? But I did it at the uh, the Burger King Pokemon nights that they had when they had the Pokemon toys for like ever. Yeah, oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, because Burger King, <clears throat> those toys were such a hit, they sold them for a really long time uh, with their with their uh, kids' meals. And they had Pokemon Nights, which I think were Tuesday nights. And I, I got into trading cards there. <laughs> Neat. I uh, never experienced that because, like, uh, again, people would try to pull fast ones on me, but I was not keen on trading cards, and I just, like, hung on to them for a long time. Um, I still have a few of them stowed away somewhere. I'm sure they're worth 15 cents now. <laughs> Well, yeah. I went to I I met up at a comic book store where we would trade cards there, and since they they there was like a real family sense of family at this comic book store, mm 
mm-hmm. no one like ripped anyone off. That's good. Because other kids are the kids who lived in my neighborhood tried to rip me off all the goddamn time, and uh, I I knew they were full of it, so I just ignored. Well, them. kids kids would come along and then try to do that shit, but like we as a as a comic book community were just like get the fuck out of here, kid. <laughs> good, good, good. <clears throat> I sat on my bed right as the game booted up, and the small jingle noise of the Game Boy Advance logo echoed from the speaker. I skipped the opening scene of the game and got right to the title screen, before starting my very first Pokemon adventure. I'll spare you some of the more boring details of the game, like the opening of the game that most fans would know, but I'll tell you I decided to name my character George. He moved away last year and told me he was starting a new game on his red version before his last day of school. I'll name the main guy after you, Mark. He told me, and I felt like I was going to cry. I hadn't cried since my grandpa's funeral, but this was a different type of crying I wanted to do. I held back my tears and pat my best friend on the back hard and watched as he deleted his main file and kept his word as he restarted. So it only felt right to name the main character in my gold version, George. And I picked up the fire-type Cinequil, uh, since he had always started with Charmander and Red Version. Like That's that. some real shit. That's some real shit right there. I like that Just detail. like, that's some real shit right there, like the helplessness you feel when you're little and a friend is moving. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's, a good, it's a good detail. I like it. Um... And I like the sort of camaraderie that comes with the idea that you're naming your protagonist after your friend, you know? Yeah. It's like a it's like a gesture. It's like it's 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 different. I don't I don't know if I've ever come across that when I was younger, but I always thought that. Was, but I think that's really cool. It's a fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, most of the game went really good at the beginning. I named the rival Buttface, as most of the kids in my school did back in fifth grade. Hmm. I had beaten Faulkner, Bugsy, and Whitney. And I figured out I had to talk to Whitney again to get her badge after 10 minutes of walking around Goldenrod City. I had made it to Ecruteak City after about an hour of playing. I went to challenge the gym leader, Morty, at his invisibly maze gym. It was an easy battle. All of Morty's Pokemon <clears throat> were ghosts slash poison. <clears throat> the gym's <throat> invisible, Morty. <laughs> <clears throat> you gotta on, keep, you gotta keep play, playing the flute, Morty. You gotta... <laughs> um... I caught a Sandshrew in Union Cave after beating Faulkner, <clears throat> and ground types were strong against poison, so I didn't have a lot to worry about, but aren't a lot of... Well, yeah, that's before Levitate. I beat Morty with, uh, with a little bit of hiccup of a hiccup when my Sandshrew fainted. Again, nice little details. Oh. Bleh. After going through all the usual dialogue the gym leader said, where they give you their badge and their favorite TM... Morty took a step back, and the lights in the gym faded off and on, off and on, until he took a step forward, looking right at my character. George, the gym leader said through speech bubble, beware of the water. I had no idea what he meant, but I assumed it was just part of the game, since he just said it again when I went to talk to him. I moved on right after healing up my team at the Pokemon Center, heading straight toward Olivine City. I know this might be like um, we haven't covered been drowned on this, but this kind of like reminds me of the whole 
uh, Vampire the Masquerade bit from Ben Drowned. If you if you catch my drift. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Hmm. All right. So now <laughs> we, we did Olive Olive City. Olivine Olivine. City. I think it's Olivine. All of mine, most of Pokemon fans, know what I was in for by this point. I climbed top of the lighthouse and the side quest with Ampharos that needs the special potion from Sanwood City. Uh, I checked my map and got the side quest and noticed something that made me shiver. Sian City was on an island surrounded by water with no bridge to get there. I had gotten surf earlier from the Kimono Girls in Uritik? Ekritik. Ekritik. But I forgot about it until now. I felt uneasy when I stepped up to the edge of the bench of Olivine and told um, me, Quagsire, to use surf. That one, that's a legitimate typo right there, though. I told me Quagsire. <coughs> yeah, I told no, me man. Quagsire. He had to use surf. No, the, the, they're just Scottish. I told me Quagsire. <laughs> My Quagsire's name is Oh, yeah, Shane. I told me Quagsire to surf. <laughs> I'm gonna have to just I wanted to admit that, that in Pokemon Gold and Silver, Quagsire is probably my favorite Pokemon. Just... It's that doofy face, uh, I'll right? say... Yeah, I'll post that picture to you guys, but just... Hey, guys! <laughs> hey, guys! How's it going? I'm Quagsire. It's gonna pop up right there, so you can all look at that doofy picture of Quagsire, because he's the best. In fact, there you go. There's the... There's the thumbnail for the YouTube video. Hey, guys! Hey, George! <clears throat> George, we're gonna go across the water, George! Route 47 was all water with bits of islands and swimmer trainers dotting the blue waves, and it seemed like it was the same calm water I had seen George's Pokemon swim through in his red version. I smiled to myself, my worry being replaced with the possibility that Morty had been programmed to warn me about some legendary Pokemon I might encounter, and then the sound of lightning cracked from my GBA speakers. I jumped, and in an instant the screen went black, and a screen box, screech, a speech box popped up. George has blacked out. And drowned. I turned off my game, getting a ticked off, getting a ticked off since I hadn't saved since Ecrotique. <clears throat> the next day, my mom called me down from my room. She handed me the phone, and I asked who it was. Mark, honey, it's George's mom. George went swimming last night in their pool, and, well, he dived in and hit his head. It knocked him out, and I'm sorry, honey, but George is dead. Oof. All right. Solid ending right Sol- there. Solid ending. Very, yep. very simple, very punchy. So overall, not too much ominous happened. It was, if you're just following the moves of the creepy things that happened, uh, there was the, the forewarning of avoid the water, and then the game glitched out when they went in the water trying to use surf. And then, dead friend. So most of the yeah. story wasn't creepy stuff, and that's why I think it's so successful. I agree. Um, yeah. If it was all build up to creepiness, 
it would have no impact that his friend died. Exactly. I think it's uh the foreshadowing is nice because it doesn't beat you over the head with it, and it doesn't do and it doesn't pull any of the haunted gaming cliches of like you know things being super weird or garbled or ominous noises or startling things. It's just this weird thing that happens that you can easily just kind of put aside, you know. And again, back to the whole um, vampire the masquerade bit and been drowned. <laughs> it was just a simple little bit put in there of foreshadowing, mm-hmm. and so. This story just had enough foreshadowing, uh, and it was the foreshadowing was near the end <clears throat> of this short story. Yeah. So yep. it was it was very little creepy stuff, just enough creepy stuff. It the way it built up was believable because it went into a lot of detail about the <clears throat> the sort of buildup that was established to getting this game and the friendship that uh, George and Mark had and. Um, I think it's it's crafted very well, and again, doesn't beat you over the head with anything. It's it's there, and it's uh, it tell and it makes the ending effective when uh, when it comes. The story wasn't afraid to be mundane, yes. and that's a problem that a lot of um, the pocapastas out there in the world have. Mm-hmm. They're they're too like they got it's like I got to put a creepy thing here and a creepy thing there and and it just doesn't it desensitizes you it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yep. this means something because we actually know how much our narrator cares about that friend and how and how torn up they were to lose being around that friend. So obviously, if that friend's gone forever, <clears throat> that is going to leave quite the impression on your childhood. That's one thing I noticed in a lot of the stories uh, I gave. I, I I liked the most. Uh, they they made better use of the short format and did didn't waste a word. Oh yes. Yeah. I also I also feel like this story did a nice job of providing enough detail for Pokemon fans to be like, okay, yeah, but didn't go um, in depth enough for people who aren't really into Pokemon to be turned off by it. It very much so knew the right balance of like details to give about Pokemon games. Yep. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a, it's a tool and not a blunt instrument. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, a plus I, um, we, we, we picked, we collectively picked this one as a second place though. Cause I, it was, from all of our lists, I think it was the general... Um, that that was second place for you guys and third place for me, so yeah. Yeah, so that's awesome. Yep. <laughs> so, um, well done, Lalit. Uh You have presented us a, a well-crafted and uh, fun and uh, not overtly creepy, but um, very sad, too, story. Think <clears throat> about it. Can't can't uh, ignore the sadness. People, people in the world of creepy stories need to exploit sadness more. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sadness Instead of <clears throat> death. <laughs> sadness and yep. fear can be intrinsically connected, and and I always find that um, this is me personally. I find that the drowning, like drowning deaths, are very are are like especially tragic because it can happen so easily, you know, especially to kids. Like this, um, this is completely believable. Like Ben, what happened? Oh, poor Ben. 
We don't even, we still don't really know what Ben is. <laughs> one of these days, one of these days, we might take a look at Ben Drowned on this show. Maybe. maybe. And also maybe not, but also maybe. And also maybe not. I, uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah. And anyone who's heard any of the things I've written know that sadness and especially like full on misery fascinate me. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, sadness, sadness doesn't get enough love in creepypasta. Nope. So creepypasta writers take note, sadness, use it. <laughs> it is powerful so, emotion closely who, and connected to fear. Who's going to announce our where? What, was this only my first place pick, or did uh, this was my second place? This was my. Let me let me look at my uh, my cheat sheet. This was my third place pick. Oh, so yes. it was my first place. So yes. I'll announce it. Go for it. Uh, and the the winner of the Pokepasta Challenge, who gets the free Pokemon game on Steam, is He's Fast Asleep by Beth Morton. Woo! All right, Beth. That was Beth? That was, wait, that was Beth Morton? Yes. Yeah. Dang, she's a wizard. Okay, I swear. I swear to God. Okay, so. That's what I thought, too. Okay, so, uh, Wow. Man, we have a cool little community here, don't we? <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right, let's 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 not beat around the bush. Let's get let's get our winner's story out of the way. My son was fascinated by Pokemon. <clears throat> uh, sorry. The moment he laid eyes on it. When he first saw the brightly colored game boxes in the shop, he instantly froze. I remember the look of irritation on the shopkeeper's face as excited breath fogged a lone cloud into the clean, transparent sky and grubby fingers smudged prints on either side. Whatever his imagination conjured up to be contained in those cartridges had him so fixated that it took quite the effort to pull him away from the display. Beautiful. A beautifully written and not Lovecraftingly up its own ass. <laughs> just just well written, mm-hmm. not yep. not garish. Not Garrus, not Garrus Vicarian either. Uh, from that point onward, that's all I ever heard about from the usually timid child. Pokemon this and Pokemon that. Andrew's mom got him the game last weekend, and he's already got to the second gym. David's team is so strong, he can make any wild Pokemon faint in just one hit every time. Yeah, my Raditz is in the top percentage of radices. Eric told me that he found Mew already, but I've seen his Pokemon dad, and he doesn't even have six. Andrew says there's a really scary part with ghosts and stuff, but I bet I can handle it. I'm a big boy. His backseat ramblings were insufferable. Yeah, every every kid who played Pokemon also appreciated Kingdom Hearts. It was (laughs) mid-October when I finally decided to buy him the game. I knew if I bought didn't then, he'd just keep running his mouth off about the pixelated creatures 
if he had the bulky console in his hands, he'd be so preoccupied by the black and green screen that I wouldn't hear another word about it. I started taking extra repaired um, repairs outside of my usual outside usual hours. Whenever given the chance, I'd st- uh, slave over some asshole's mangled door, weather stripped as he sat around watching whatever sport was on, or had to put up with some old hag's ramblings about her great-grandmother's numerous and inconsequential accomplishments as I hammered in the umpteenth shelf for her living room knickknacks. It was tedious and maddening, but it was the promise of silence that kept me sane. Just a few more weeks of this, I thought, and I'd finally have the weekends back to quiet solitude as they always should be. Do you think this is the dad from uh, The Masked Man? (laughs) (laughs) As in, not a very good dad, but he seems better intentioned than, well, I don't know. It's more believable. Uh, One thing that I always sympathize with are hardworking fathers. Mm -hmm. Because it's just like, I, I can appreciate... The, the unappreciated, hardworking father. Oh, yeah. So he, he's he's like, man, this kid is obsessed with this stuff, but he's doing all of this work to make his kid happy and to shut his kid up. Right. It's a double, double whammy there. And I like it. It was long after the past season's rotting brown leaves were covered in a thick white powdering that I earned enough to buy the stupid thing. I kept the two boxes individually wrapped in generic cheap wrapping paper in a cupboard he couldn't reach and wouldn't look in. The red crumpled print was so blindingly bright on them that at first glance the tiny Santas in matching garbs were almost impossible to make out, almost disappearing altogether. That's some bright wrapping paper. Yeah. When I first read this, I was like, I was like, thick white powder, and I and I said that in my head. For, like, no joke, like, 30 seconds until I realized I was fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It wasn't until the 28th that I saw him, so most of his excitement from the more festive event days before hadn't died down yet. Despite that, I could still tell there were two presents were thrust into his hands. It was not something he expected. He looked up at me with expectant and curious eyes. They almost seemed to twinkle like fairy lights. It... It was looks like those that almost made his burden worthwhile. He's a his your kid is a burden. Ouch. <laughs> mm. I nodded with a strange combination of tentativeness and speed. He tore into the paper of the larger box. Yes. He only managed to uncover the top corner before he grasped, uh, gasped, nearly dropping the thing in shock. He hardly got the handheld uncovered before he realized what must have contained in the other package, what must be contained in the other package. Dimples pressed into his adolescent cheeks as he smiled gradually, uh, as a smile gradually crept across his face. He set the box down as quickly as he could manage, as his entire body practically vibrated in anticipation, he ripped into the smaller present's outer skin. 
<clears throat> but suddenly his features fell. The spring in his step was gone. A look of disappointment was obvious in those eyes that used to reflect so much life only moments ago, as his gaze fell on what the army of camouflage Santas kept to secrecy all this time. <laughs> Donkey Kong Land 3, Dad? Really? <laughs> it seemed like time, and everything with it, stood completely still. As he stood before me, I could only hear the soft beating of my heart thumping in my ears. It gradually escalated to a ringing and grew further still, all-encompassing in its volume, but there was still no sound. Nothing. This was not the silence I had signed up for. This was not what I wanted. This was deafening. It seemed to go on for hours. No, days, with no end in sight. Hold on, just one moment. I'll be right back. Okay. Uh, okay. Hmm. What does that mean? Uh, Alan, what's happening? <laughs> you can't see it, but I'm bobbing my head over here. What song is that? Ah, intermission. Uh, just random intermission music. Oh, okay. Um, so the idea of like the deafening thing, the silence coming back to bite him in the ass is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And we're about to find out what the silence is brought on by. Finally, it was broken by a soft almost whispered voice it's blue what what my response came through just as quiet but much firmer it's blue everyone at school has the red one charizard is way better and i hear there's a bunch of isis propaganda on this one (laughs) (laughs) I got so sick in of people being like, yeah, I got red version because it's got Charizard on it, and that's that's why we want it, because it's got Charizard on it. I'm like, that's really you, it? You, you, I got sick you of still everybody, get him. <laughs> literally everybody talking about Charizard all the time. Charizard this, Charizard that, Charizard, Charizard, Charizard. Fuck Charizard. And those people grew up to be, grew, grew up to be low-life valor. <laughs> Just garbage. Yeah, I had yeah. a blue. I had a blue version. They grew up to play Kingdom Hearts. They grew up to play <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. When you walk away, you don't hear me say. say. It wasn't red. <laughs> that that was sta- a problem. I will still stand proudly by my blue version. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't red. That was his problem. It wasn't red. I spent months finding the funds to buy this little brat the game he wouldn't shut up about. And he was disappointed because it wasn't the right color. I love uh it I love the fact that it's it's you, the anger is evident in the text because it goes into caps wasn't period. The right period. Color period and also with a U. 
because yeah. So if you're Canada. we're saying this all wrong. You got to be doing it with a with an accent with a British accent. It wasn't. I can't do a British accent at all. But Fuck me. It wasn't the right color. I can't really either. <laughs> I was like, do you think that that sounds British, Alan? Because it doesn't. Within moments, that's all I saw. Red. It bled across my vision in a continuous flow, first bathing the entire room in scarlet light before overtaking every feature, every detail. I saw his face seem to melt into a shocked and disturbed expression, his mouth and eyes equally wide, before oozing into the surrounding color. Soon, not a single object was left in the crimson sea. It was as if I had tried to rest my vision, only to find my eye, my lids smeared with glossy paint. Ugh, wow. So, here's here's something that is extremely frustrating as soon as I read this. And I swear to God, I had this idea before I read this story. This is very similar to a creepypasta, or rather, ashcan whore, whatever. Fuck, you know what I mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> that I have branding, branded. That I have finished and is going to go up as my October episode as my uh, December episode rather. Oh my god. Uh, great minds think alike, Beth. <laughs> my my story is is significantly different in many ways, but oh, I was I was like had a hit in my stomach when I read this where I was just like Oh, <laughs> no, <laughs> the story is really good, too. Uh. Um, but thematically, th- this is what I think you can do romantically and still have something come across as real uh-huh. because the writing of seeing red and, and that mirroring and the, the silence, wanting the silence and then the Faustian bargain of actually getting the silence. Those things are romantic ideas, but they are grounded in a realistic story. Yep. The backbone of the story is completely real, and there's all of this flourish that is just improbable, but possible. It is. So, thing. what? What? Who's reading now? Uh, I think that is. Alan. I think it's, uh, Wait, it's you. DP. Okay. When I awoke the next morning, I couldn't remember nothing. I had somehow forgotten. I had somehow gotten into my own room for the night. But when I checked his bed, my son was not there. I searched every crevice, every hiding spot, everywhere he could be. But I could not find him. When I finally, uh, when I called his name, he did not answer, not knowing what else to do. In a blind panic, I called the cops. They took statements, searched everywhere. I had previously, uh, I had previously collected evidence and asked for descriptions many times over. I lied and told them that nothing had transpired the night before. Later that night, A citywide search was conducted. Posters were made. Relatives were contacted. Everyone, uh, everything in everyone's power was done to find the child that seemingly disappeared with no trace. 
<clears throat> to this day, he has not been found. Bad dad. <laughs> the official statement is that he ran away and was likely scooped up by someone malicious. But my mind has kept me up for years, imagining every outcome. I've lost track of the nights I've awoken in a twisted tangle of damp sheets and from icy perspiration. The darkly creative images of that small body barely faded from my vision. I've conjured up enough imaginary corpses to fill a mass gravesite. Oh, I love that line. Crushed, bloodied, drowned, violated, dis indiscernible. All the different hells my son may have endured. Whatever the outcome, I know I am ultimately to blame. I still have the game. Unopened. I can't bring myself to throw it away. It remains a constant reminder of the night of that night and how I will never know what happened to him. I'll never know if it was by my hands or uh, that ceased that he ceased to exist. And until the day I die, that cartridge is going to haunt me. Taking again, I, I I really wanted people to exploit and mess with the idea of a haunted cartridge, and this is yeah. a, an excellent version of it's, that. Oh, so good! That's exactly I I as soon as I read that last line, I remembered like you in the video saying like essentially that it's up to you to interpret how it is haunted. Ah, uh, but yeah. Ah. Uh... I like I like this story a lot. Same. Mm. Wow, we got some great entries. Yeah. Oh man. Ah, uh, I don't need. I don't even know if we have to delve too much into this one to say why it works. It just works. Um. Yeah. I mean, we had. We kind of already. One, kinda... one thing. One thing that's lacking a lot in creepypasta, and we've had this conversation innumerable times, time and again, is is a narrator with a voice. This narrator has a good voice. Um, immediately, it's it's very masculine. Mm -hmm. uh, we get working class, uh, frustrated dad, like probably it's, a single it's all dad. So good. Definitely a single yeah. dad. Mm -hmm. uh, here's the other thing. I think nine out of the ten, nine out of ten people who have the idea for this story, like. Who would who would write the end? Would have just been like, oh, the the dad killed the son, and that's all they would have said. That that would have just been the ending. <clears throat> but they make it unclear and go into how the dad feels and like him imagining the the whole the whole mass grave imagining the mass <laughs> gravesite thing. Ah, oh, that line. Yeah. Th think about yeah. Just think about how many other stories trivialize that. And yeah. when I say trivialize, I don't mean like, oh, you have to take this seriously. But if you want to get across the seriousness of the story, you have to take it seriously. Less is and more. This person does. This person takes it so serious. Less, less is more in this case. He doesn't have to. That we don't have to get grisly details to be horrifying. It's almost worse not knowing what happened. It's definitely yeah. worse not knowing what happened because that puts us firmly in the dad's shoes. What's more horrifying than re than you know, not knowing what happened to your son is think is realizing you might be the cause of that. 
you almost assuredly are the cause of that. Yeah. Ah. Uh, Beth, Whew. well done. And everybody who sent us an entry, uh, well done. Definitely well oh, done. Oh, I, I think we're bearing the lead about this story. Oh? Um, this is a story about Pokemon that managed to not go into any Pokemon lore whatsoever. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. This, this, this story about Pokemon managed to avoid the subject of Pokemon altogether, which is what <laughs> I think it, it <laughs> makes it stand out as a story. Mm-hmm. As much as I really, as, as much as I believe in my pick of a, a sealed copy of Pokemon Blue, this is the odd man out in all of the stories. That's very true. Yeah. That's why it caught all of our attention. I was really happy when we came together and compared our results that um, we had a generally the same consensus about which stories we thought we liked the best. But that said, every story offered something unique. Uh, do we want to make any honorable mentions of stories we happen to personally enjoy? Or um, I'll, I, I'm fine with that. Alan, are you fine with that? Uh, sure. Um, I'll, well, shit, how, how are we going to tell people these stories if we're making just honorable mentions? Should we, should we make these stories available to everyone? Um, I, we, I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure we can find a way to do that. Um, I think we'll just make a RAR file and have it be downloadable. That seems good. We can include, we can throw everything in there. Uh, I mean, we uh, might want to, we might want to offer... Uh, um, ask the um, original author's permission first, if that's cool. But so, entrance, if you're cool with your stories being shared publicly, let us know. If not, we can we can leave them off. Uh, the honorable mention I'd like to make is Victory Bell. Uh, that's um, the one I was going to say, actually. <laughs> oh man, let me. Yeah. I need to find the person who wrote that. But Victory Bell is interesting in that it is written from uh, the perspective of this, this Let's Player. So that's like the kind of the excuse that they have for how do how do you not get your hands on this game? How how do you not have the evidence? That's sort of their out, which I think is an original idea. Mm. And uh, it was also it was also uh, it's hard to describe briefly, but very personable. It felt like a very cozy story, if that makes any sense. That sounds really vague, but it, it was a cozy story. Yeah, I, I liked I liked Victory Bell a lot. Um, shout out to Silverado. Yes, uh, the ballsiest so, out of everyone. Yep, Silverado has uh, sent us the story Pokemon Blood Red. Silverado is twelve years old, and. Uh, was was very was very very brave to send this to us and tell us to be very very honest about what he thought and what I think is keep plugging away, dude. Yeah. Or 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 uh, I think, dude. <laughs> <laughs> or gal. Pretty sure, or, dude. Or whatever. Honestly. Silverado is uh, when I was drunkenly tweeting people who followed me. Um, <laughs> 
I briefly interacted with Silverado, and Silverado asked me what my Twitter handle meant, and I told him he needed to listen to uh, the song Heat of the Moment by Asia to learn. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I really hope I got him to lis- him or her to listen to that song. Because <laughs> it, it has absolutely nothing to do with my Twitter handle, but... Oh, more people um, more, to listen to that song. <laughs> um, Morsathoth is the person who wrote Victory Bell. Oh, nice. yes, nice. Good on you, Morsathoth. Regular, regular uh, contributor, commenter, person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, do you have one, David? A, a specific shout out? Um, like I said, it, this is tricky because like I, everybody, everybody presented something pretty cool. Uh. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, the story Unsavable. Yeah. Oh man, who do we have? Who wrote that here? Uh, James Conrad. James Conrad. The reason I cite this one is because, again, like others, like kind of like the other stories we've mentioned, uh, particularly with. Um, uh, uh, Why am I suddenly beware the surf? Mm-hmm. Like beware the surf. I think it's another story that uses uh, sadness as its vehicle to help get the point across. And I actually thought it worked. And I liked how kind of the tragedy in the story comes from a mundane thing that happens that would frustrate anyone, you know? Yeah. And I really can't stress this enough. The fact that our, our, listeners wrote stories this good that are better than all of these other pokepastas that are out there uh man that's a that's quite the ego boost for us that our <laughs> criticism is like reaching people and that they're like yeah we want to make better creepypasta too yep that, yes. that is like stroking our own egos that you guys are such good writers so we will stroke you back wait hold on and we'll have a big old circle jerk going on. Now, only uh, certain I also people wanted can to come. shout out uh, a time Pokemon. Ah. By M. Maciel. Ah, uh, yes, M. Maciel. Oh, that was M. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I like this one. Um, I think I had this listed as my number four. Was it one of those stories where. I recall reading it and thinking, if this was longer... Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Okay. I, I feel like this idea could be expanded upon really, really well. Yeah, you have to like kind of cram it into a, a short space. And for what it's worth, I think uh, M did a good job on that one. Yep. Hmm. You know another thing that's nuts about all these stories? Hmm? All of them went wildly different directions yes oh uh, yeah we didn't really get anything too similar to be honest i'm trying to think i think i think and and this is sort of a weird even these two stories are really different but victory bell and a sealed copy of pokemon blue were like the closest to being similar but those were still really different stories Mm -hmm. yeah no doubt Gwen Stefani, B A N A N A S. This shit is Andy Palm, 
B-A-N-A-N-A-S. <laughs> so, um, I think for our first uh, uh, undercooked analysis creepypasta writing challenge, that was a huge success. And um, all of you are to be commended, and you have been commended several times. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your work with us. Um, you can uh, get in touch with us if you want to know our um, honest critiques of your work. Uh, we'd be, I imagine, any of us or even all of us. If, would be happy if you to yes, give if feedback. you want, yeah, if you want our feedback, some people specifically ask for it. Instead of going through all of those emails again, because there's a bunch of them, just message us again, and we will get to you privately. Yes, that's the main thing, and we will. And the thing is, we we may be. As is the mission statement of undercooked analysis, we may be critical of the work sometimes. We will never be critical of you. We are proud of all of you for writing these and thinking outside the box and sending us these stories so we could uh, we can share in this uh, creative endeavor. So really, but, sincerely, thank you. But if you ask me to, I will make direct personal insults at you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Alan, don't you have something cool coming up and that you've done or something you've um, done recently that you want to share with um, the gang? This would be my first time saying on here that my horror channel is up. Um, Ignis, Ignis Pergamentum, <laughs> I-G-N-I-S space P-U-R-G-A-M-E-N-T-U-M. Uh I shouldn't have bothered you, to spell it. Or, it's probably yeah. going to be linked down here. <laughs> yep. But, I mean, you can find it both of those ways. Um, I, I have two stories up. One is a repost of Black Label, which was previously on the Midnight Marinara channel. And the second is called Average Diner Story. <laughs> and they're very depressing, but you should listen to them. Uh, the way you presented them, I recall, they're part of your uh, Revolver trilogy. Yes, the third part of that will be recorded very soon. Nice, I'm excited about that. Uh, yeah, Alan, um, we'll, if you want to find that, there will be links in the in the description. There will be links in the in any notes I have here, so you can go to Alan's channel. Be sure to show him some love, because Alan loves you all. I know he does, for a fact. He's told me this when we're not recording. Sometimes it's been inappropriate. Yeah, I, I, per I personally, I personally mention just the heinous and sordid things I would do to do to our audience. Uh, you might want to be careful with some of those statements, considering who wrote to us. Yes. Uh, Any it's, all, it's it's important to note that Alan is just a positive black man. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Oh, uh, I'm not yeah. going to explain that statement at all. It's <laughs> <laughs> going to stay ambiguous like that. Uh, uh, I, I will slightly explain it in that uh, Dead Palette busted my Overwatch cherry. <laughs> yes. There you go. Uh, Brandon, Dead Palette, Rasmus, and man of many names. Um, yes. Uh, I have just released a video entitled Big. And it is about three people who go hunting for Bigfoot, and it has a lot of twists and turns. It's kind of a thriller of a story. Um, 
it's the first Patreon uh, sponsored video I have made. I'm pretty proud of it. I wanted the first uh, Patreon video to be really uh, high quality. I'm I'm happy with how it turned out. Did uh, you Did you want it to be big? I wanted Is that what it to you be wanted big. the first video to be. <laughs> I I put a uh, uh, oh shit moment in there where someone actually says I want to get big or wanting to get big. Oh. And so. So that way we can show it to Matt Benson and he he'll be like oh shit fly across yeah. the room screaming like an animal uh it'll be the biggest one that he's ever done oh there you go <laughs> so yeah uh check big out i will i'm gonna do it as soon as we're done recording this episode me too yeah and as for me well i don't have much to plug um Fair warning, uh, I might, I'm considering taking December off of Midnight Marinara, but not of Undercooked Analysis or Midnight Snacks. So I just feel like it could, it would be nice to take a little bit of a break to recuperate and gather more material for the show. I know the pasta shade's been real impatient with me lately because uh, normally I'm the one digging through a lot of the internet tales to find stuff for him. Luckily, I have, I know several people, including people in this call, in this conversation who are potentially contributing some original stories and more original content to the midnight marinara show uh, in the near future. One of those people might have one almost done. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, home cooked meals are always very popular with uh, the major D and the gang. So yeah, Yum. he'll be glad to know about that. Um, but I, I have a surprise announcement about this contest. Oh, I said that okay. first place was going to get a copy of any Pokemon game on Steam, but I'm changing that now. What? Everyone gets a copy of any Pokemon game on Steam if you participated. Whoa! What? Oh, man. You Damn. are You are the Oprah of Pokemon creepypasta. <laughs> So everyone is going to get codes for Pokemon Sun and Moon for for PC. Steam. Yeah. <laughs> no, no for good old games. <laughs> Everyone's getting a copy isn't of Pokemon it gonna be, Sun and Moon isn't, for Battle.net. Isn't it going to be great? Isn't it going to be great like when this episode goes up? There's just this huge fucking surprise announcement. Nintendo oh. <laughs> is just like every Pokemon game is now on Steam. Oh, man. Oh, I'd have to do it now. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta keep to your word. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.